The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Hello and welcome back to the Baggies Podcast, where of course we're giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Today we're marking a landmark episode of episode 50 of the Baggies Podcast and I thought we'd do that and start that episode with a bit of a season preview. It's time to look ahead to the 46 championship games ahead of us. But I thought for us to gain a bit of a better insight, we'd welcome back somebody who knows the club inside out. We're welcoming back Joe Chapman from Birmingham Live. Joe, how are you? Welcome back to the show, mate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on again. Honestly, no worries. Uh, so, Joe, if you just if, if people didn't watch the last episode with you on it, uh, would you just mind explaining to us a bit about what you do within reporting on the Albion? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've, I've been at Birmingham Live, Birmingham Mail for uh, over six years now. I've been an Albion fan all my life and uh, something that I've been very, very privileged to do for the last couple of years. has been real highs and lows in that time, but um, I'm hoping that we can have a bit of an upward trend this, this season. Yeah, so last time you were on here, it was, it was a pretty uh, uh, a dark time for the club, really. I think it was about last Jan- January you were on the show, which was obviously just starting into the big Sam Rain. And it was very different circumstances with a bit of a charge to survival. But with a bit of a different season ahead in the Championship, are you perhaps more optimistic about the season that lies ahead? Yeah, I'm intrigued more than anything, really. I, I must say, at the, at the time of this recording, I haven't actually seen... Valerian Ishmael's West Brom yet because of various holidays and stag do's and all this kind of stuff. So I haven't actually seen a friendly match yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Blues game this weekend. But yeah, it's um, it, it's really, really interesting. It feels like a very, very different kind of approach in terms of the managerial appointment to anything that we've really experienced over the last 10 years or so, really, where they've actually, as a club, have thought outside the box a little bit and uh, I've brought somebody through who I must say from afar really impressed me last season in everything he did, not just the results that Barnsley got, but the way he conducted himself as well. So I think all things considered, I'm um, I'm, I'm interested more than anything. But yeah, excitement, of course, because it's a new championship season. Albion in recent history, certainly our record in that league is very, very good. So you'd hope that we could uh, we could continue with that, that vein of form and, uh, and, and hopefully have another very successful season. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I'm yet to have watched uh, any of the friendly games due to similar, you know, holidaying and going about and stuff like that. I haven't managed to catch any of the games. Water Yeah, I think that was probably the the most surprise, um, the most surprise barrier in the way of watching us. Um, the other day against Warsaw, but uh, obviously you touched a bit on Valerian Ismail and I think he intrigues a lot of Albion supporters, especially um, those who perhaps didn't watch too, well, obviously I don't think many of us will have watched too much of Barnsley last season, but obviously Big Sam left the club uh, and I think it was about a month after he left the club, Valerian Ismail was put in charge. Um, how, how do you think he'll get on with the with the players? Because obviously it's a it's a bit of a different style um, from what perhaps they might be used to. It's a, it's a lot of fitness involved in in his style of play. How do you think that he'll adapt, and how do you think the squad will get on in terms of his style of play? Uh, I think ultimately you've got to look at the two groups of players. I think Barnsley he. Uh, for the purposes of a piece I did recently, I had a look through their squad of last season and he uh, inherited a squad because, of course, he came in in October time and he inherited a squad of the average age of about 23. So, you know, it was a really, really 
into what he asked of them. It's a very different kind of squad to the one he's getting at West Brom. I don't. I think they've they've lowered the average age of the squad down just merely through releasing players uh, at the back end of the season, players who did have to be moved on. A number of them over the age of thirty, but there are still a number of players in the squad at the moment. Players like Phillips, Livermore, Sawyer's, Bartley, who are 29, 30, 31 years old now, and will have a challenge, I guess, to to maintain the levels throughout the course of the season that that the Barnsley uh, squad had to do. I suppose that in Alex Mowat, he's got somebody on his side immediately from the off who knows exactly what he demands. I suppose the biggest uh, endorsement really is that Mowat was willing, despite having been worked so hard last season, he was willing to actually follow Ishmael to Albion, yeah. which, you know, if he wanted an easier route out, he could have just said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take up a, a move to a, a championship club elsewhere. So. That, that's, that, for me, is a shot in the arm in terms of what, what Val intends to do at West Brom. Uh, the, the players, everything, it's easy. It's easier saying it now in pre-season. The, the players, every every one of them seems to be coming out at the moment. All the noises are that we're enjoying it. We're enjoying the the the, uh, the demands, the challenges of pre-season. Players like Townsend and Furlong and Phillips and Livermore, I think, are the kind of players who will enjoy being pushed like that you know i think they are a hard working group i think we can definitely look to raise the overall quality of the squad that is currently there but i think generally speaking you can't really question their their work rate even last season in in a, in a very very difficult season so i think in that respect if they can get themselves off on a on a positive note at the start of the season it's a huge game of course because they're a side of course, that i would fully expect to see at the top end of the table as well under under Scott Parker. So if they can kind of send a message that, you know, yes, we've suffered relegation, but we do mean business this season, early doors, the way that Slavon Bilic's Albion did, then, um, you know, that would be the best possible start. Yeah, and I think that it's it's, it's a bit of an outside-the-box choice, as, as you said. Obviously, we've gone for, I think, over the past few, you know five or so years we've gone for pretty your your standard managers in terms of obviously survival i think billich was a bit different in terms of that but obviously we've had our classic journeyman managers you know in the way of allardyce and people like that but the four, i think it was a four-year deal that we've signed his mail on so do you think that spells like a, a long-term solution to you obviously if we were to go up this season which obviously is it you know, obviously, yet to be yet to be discovered whether that this sort of thing will happen. But do you think this this spells a bit more long term and a bit more looking further ahead than perhaps usual from from the board? Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. It's not something that's always been disclosed the the length of uh, a managerial contract. So that in itself was a bit of a surprise. So the fact that they've gone in straight away and backed him, they've paid the money that they needed to do. That wasn't something that we've seen done in terms of a managerial appointment since. Roberto Di Matteo, who was a, a similarly outside-the-box kind of appointment. Uh, that in itself would suggest that they really bought into what Ishmael did last season and, and are willing to, and, and, and are really, really keen for it to, to be brought over to the Hawthorns. So, yes, that in itself, he's a young manager. He's very, very, uh, you know, he, he's very much got his own idea, his own philosophy that he, that he intends to roll out. So, in that respect, they've got to they've got to give him time. They've got to give him support in as, as best they can. Uh, it's so distorted at the moment. The Premier League and the Championship. You know, you do feel like we are slipping back into that little period that we had a number of years ago, where we did kind of bounce between the two divisions. It feels like that. It feels like every time now we're back in the Premier League, 
there's going to be an even greater challenge to remain there and that stability in those six, seven, eight years that we had back to back uh, feel a little way off at the moment, you know, because if it's a huge if, but if we do get ourselves back to the Premier League this season or next season, then to remain there, you look at the money that those clubs are spending like Aston Villa and it, it, it's... Um, it's a big, big ask. But the first thing he's got to do is, is, is try his very, very best to get this team back to where they were um, only a matter of months ago. And that's back in the Premier League. And I think he, everything that he said, everything that has come out of um, the unveiling and, and, and his interviews since have all suggested that he's, he's really, really uh, excited by the challenge. Yeah, I think a, a lot of Albion fans, it, it, it's certainly a more positive atmosphere and certainly since you last came on the show from 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 what we've had over the past season. Obviously, he's brought in three signings already, one of those being Alex Mallet that we touched on there. Obviously, Matt Clark coming in on loan from Brighton, which I was personally quite surprised about. I thought, maybe, I thought he maybe might get a kick in at Brighton this season, but obviously not. And he's been sent on loan to another championship club after going to Derby last season. And there's a bit of a... Bit of an odd one that people are very excited about. A lot of Albion fans in, in Crevin Castro, who's um, uh, rumoured to be a very bright spark, and obviously those who have seen the friendly games can obviously vouch for him a bit more than probably we can. Um, mm. But has, has been seen as a bit of a bright spark. How do you how do you think they might improve the squad, or how do you think they might fit in in, in this squad and in, in the first season under Blair and Ismail? Uh, well, Moet certainly. I think that was one area that I was really really keen to see strengthened straight away. I mean, there's one or two areas that still need strengthened, but the midfield for me, I thought what was quite damning really last season, certainly in the last January window, was that Sam Allardyce made moves to bring midfielders in. And it's left us with a midfield of Jake Livermore and Romain Soyuz, who have really not even kicked the ball really for the last five or six months. So, you know, it's going to take a little while for even them to get back up and running where they were, say, two years ago. Uh, when when they were both so important to Slavin Bilic. So the midfield was one that was really, really important to me from the off. And as I've already said, you know, the fact that Mo was willing to, to, to follow Ishmael and his staff over here is, is a really positive sign for me. Matt Clark's a really interesting one, actually. I, I thought that the year we went up and Derby came to the Hawthorns, it was a really important win for us that day um, after Project Restart. And he struck me as somebody that was really, really comfortable on the ball and somebody that was, very, you know, he's, as most said, he's a very tall guy, very good in the air. And interestingly for me, somebody that we haven't actually had for a, lot, a, a little while now is a left-sided defender. We haven't had somebody that's been really comfortable on their left foot for so long. You know, you go back to Jonas Olsen and then for that one season, Jolien Lescott and to a lesser degree, Johnny Evans, who was pretty versatile and, and yeah. pretty capable of playing with both feet. We've not had that kind of natural player. So I think that's another tick in the box for me that we've kind of, um, if he's going to play this back three, you need to be comfortable because Cole Bartley spoke about it when he was playing with Darren Moore. He didn't enjoy playing on that side um, to accommodate Hagazi and yeah. Dawson. So that's another real positive for me. Kevin Castro, my only experience of Kevin Castro was when he was on trial last season, he played an under-23s game against Wolves and you know, he, he looked he looked pretty smart then. So they've obviously um, decided that he's worth he's worth gambling with and giving him a professional contract, which is uh, another exciting element to that midfield potentially. I wouldn't rule him out if he is impressing in training. You wouldn't rule him out for having a first team uh, spot or a first team squad spot this season. So 
I think all in. We all know where they, they've got to strengthen. We, we, we look pretty good out wide, I think, you know, in terms of his options and centre-half, they're pretty well stocked. But we all know that ideally we need at least one centre-forward. We need wing-back cover because I'm still a bit concerned if Furlong or Townsend were to go down in the first game. Then we really haven't got any natural cover for them. Uh, and we need to probably another centre midfielder as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, um, in terms of some, obviously we'll talk about new signings in just a second, but one that one position that may feel a little bit like a new signing, it could potentially be the goalkeeping position because there's a bit of a a bit of a roulette that who, who may start. Obviously, David Button has, has featured quite prom prominently in, in the goalkeeping position over the past couple of friendly games. Obviously, that he's been rotating with Palmer over the first couple, but he seems to have, have, have gained that spot. Um, who do you think we're going to go with in goal? Obviously, Johnson's still in the mix. He's still an Albion player, but could potentially be on his way. Yeah, I, uh, I think, I think if Johnson does go, then, and, and I must admit, at this moment in time, I think that's a big if because I don't think it's anywhere near as clear cut as it would have been three or four weeks ago. Uh, I still think, I still think David Button gets the nod. There's obviously the fact that he's been playing, he's been starting those preseason games, and I know that they do rotate. But I think more often than not with Ishmael in preseason, he's gone with his strongest team from the off, and then he's he's sought to bring players like you know Kipras and Tullocks and yeah. into into the game. So I think in that respect, that would be a, a hint there, there and then that, that Button would be the one. He is experienced. He's got more experience. Uh, he's got somebody that he's somebody that has played a lot for Fulham and. And Brentford in the past in this league, so he knows all about it. Um, I'd have been inclined, I must say, I'd have been inclined to have given Palmer a go because I think, well, if ever he's going to have a go, a, a shot at, at number one at Albion, it's now. He's 24, 25 years old, so, you know, if not now, then when? Uh, I think Josh Griffiths was an absolute no-brainer in terms of giving him a, a League One loan, so... I think Button and Palmer, if you're going into the new season with Button and Palmer, I'm, I'm pretty content with that, I've got to say. I think... And if they do manage to shift Johnston and they do manage to get a few quid for him before his contract runs out next summer, then I would be inclined to spend that money elsewhere on the squad. I think the goalkeeper wouldn't be somewhere I'd be immediately looking to strengthen again. Yeah, me, me neither. I was, I was, I said on Twitter the other day. I said about Palmer. I thought if he's not going to get this chance now. When might he? But obviously, he's probably going to have the, the chance to play. Uh, as in the number one position at times this season, whether that be in a you know a cup game or maybe the odd yeah. league rotation game, so maybe there's a chance that he could come in, step up to the first, step up into the first eleven, and prove his chance. It's going to be a bit, might be a, end up being a bit of a tug of war between the two of them. Um, there's a bit of a dilemma, obviously. I'm sure the elephant in the room is probably Mateus Pereira in terms of sales. Obviously, there's been a lot of rumours and a lot of interest in him, but maybe nothing particularly concrete just yet with Pereira. Um, how do you think that? How do you think that move might play out? Do you think he's going to get the move, or you reckon we'll end up with him, or maybe going on a loan or something? The loan's an interesting thought because that it's basically what we did with Carl Grant, um, almost in, not not in terms of loaning, but in terms of that kind of that instalment, that staggered payment. Uh, so in that respect, you know, you maybe receive an instalment this summer and then again, you know, later down the line. Uh, in terms of earning a few quid for now and, and, and filling the gaps in the squad that we still need to by spending the money yeah. uh, if the club feel that they can afford to do that the other interesting idea on that respect would be that they could loan him somewhere get a loan fee and then who knows in 12 months time with their Premier League team again we say Mateus do you fancy another crack at the Premier League with us under, under Ishmael 
that's all that's all very you know very much conjecture at the moment there's so much there's so many uh hurdles to overcome in that respect but uh Pereira is somebody that i know uh, i've seen a lot on social media about the idea that he's unhappy he wants to leave i don't blame Pereira at all for wanting to test himself and a division which he knows he's capable of, of, of competing in comfortably competing in you know he, he could be playing for a top 10 Premier League team no no doubt in my mind at all I don't think he's unhappy I think that's probably quite strong you know he's not madly kicking up a fuss I think he knows what West Brom have done for his career in the last couple of years bringing him to this country and giving him a platform to showcase his ability so in that respect if he's still here on the 31st of August it's more of a problem for Albion financially that they've, they've, they've then got a player who yes they could probably still play and he, I don't think Pereira is a rotting in the reserves kind of guy I think he's somebody that we'd need him to go and play 35-40 games again for us next season if he's still here but I think for me the problem then was that okay we've, we've got this asset that other clubs in the past you look at Peterborough for example with Ivan Tony have sold at the right time have then been able to go and reinvest that money and it just feels like at this moment in time that this summer feels like the right time to, to cash in on Pereira because you just don't know what the next 12 months might hold you know you could get a really bad injury or, or, or whatever so the problem for us of course is that we haven't got that queue of clubs that are willing to spend 25 30 million on him so you you know I, I would have really hoped that Pereira with all the luck in the world I'd have I'd have just said you know thank you and shaking his hand and but he's still he's still at the club you know that's that's a bit of a, a bit of an issue for me really is that i'd have liked to have thought with a week before the season started he'd have gone and he'd have got his move and we'd be able to then go and execute the the, the transfer recruitment drive that that hml has in mind so yeah it's a bit of a problem it's going to drag it's probably quite predictable that it'll probably go into the last week or the last fortnight of the transfer window and then it, as with everything you know in that respect it's a domino thing and it's a race against time for Albion then to, to spend the money wisely. Yeah, and in terms of spending that money wisely, it, there's obviously you mentioned a couple of little gaps in the pitch that you think may need a bit of added depth. At, at striker, there's a bit of a dilemma because we've been playing Matt Phillips there in the friendlies and I think that's probably a pretty unprecedented thing for most Albion fans. I don't think anybody would have expected Matt Phillips to be up front. And obviously we've got Kenneth Thor who's, who's still in and around the squad and has been playing in the friendly games. What do you think we're going to do up front? Because um, I doubt this is going to be our permanent solution, having Matt Phillips up front. I think there may need to be a signing. What do What do you reckon we're going to do in that in that area? Yeah, I don't think he. I, in in his heart of hearts, I don't think Ishmael would have wanted to start the season with Matt Phillips up front because <laughs> I think while you know Phillips has been a, a really good pro, I thought he ended the season last season uh, quite well. Actually, he was one of the better players for Albion. Um, after after relegation was confirmed or even slightly before that i thought he really you know he, he really uh, took to life under sam allardyce so i think he's got other roles on the pitch that we could use him we could do with him uh, you know i suppose he is probably a, a short-term wing-back option if anything was to happen to any of the the two first team players first choice players yeah i think he still can play central midfield i think he's got an engine on him um and he still main you know retains that little bit of pace as well so I think he's probably a little bit wasted as a centre forward. I know that his physique and the way he is would set, you know, would lead himself to a, a target man of sorts. But 
short the the, the, the long and short of it is we've got to we've got to go and recruit a, a centre forward who's ready for ready for the championship because I just don't see Kenneth Zahor being that man. I think he's somebody who, through no fault of his own, we are kind of we've been lumbered with at this moment in time. Yeah. He's somebody that is never gonna live up to his price tag. Uh and again, that's no that's not his own fault, but uh with two years left on his contract who's coming in for him, I don't know. Uh you know, is it a case of where we've got to loan him out again? Then that seems a long way if you can't let the guy go at the moment because we've let Morton go and we've let our other senior forwards go at the end of last season. So we need somebody at this moment in time. I think if you said to me right now, who's your centre forward for Bournemouth away? I'd, I'd still say Callum Robinson, to be honest. I think yeah. he's still the most natural forward who I would back to in, in front of goal. I think we saw one or two times last season that maybe not enough, but that he, when presented with an opportunity, can find the back of the net. So. For me, Robinson at this this period in time, but without doubt, we need at least one centre forward. Yeah, definitely. I think there is a there is a, a bit of a market for quite a few teams for centre forwards, as there probably always is in a transfer window. But I think over the friendlies, we played a four a three four three, which is obviously typically Ismail's formation. I think everybody banked on that being it for for the first game at Bournemouth. How do you think that we'll we'll line up next next Friday night against Bournemouth in in that formation? Uh, well, I mean the the Blues game before that is probably going to be a good indicator, I think, yeah. because that tends to be that that last preseason friendly tends to be uh, an opportunity for the manager to kind of really uh, it's a bit of a dress rehearsal, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I would imagine the button will start the game. Uh, Johnston's obviously going to be. If he's not already going to be coming back from from his holiday, so he's got his future to resolve. I suppose he and Ishmael have got to decide whether he wants to make himself available for selection in the meantime. But I would think, but at this moment in time, I think Button will play. So I would then go Furlong Townsend as your wing backs with Jai Bartley and Clark. The midfield two at this moment in time are going to be Mowat and Livermore because Soyes has been away. On international duty as well, and I think Livermore is somebody who looks really—he looks in good nick. He—he he, he seems like he, he's got a new lease of life again. I don't think he enjoyed—he enjoyed the last six months under Allardyce. I suppose the same could probably be said for Soyuz as well. But mm. I think Livermore and Moat are the most natural pairing at this moment in time. So your front three then is a little bit more interesting because you've got Phillips who's played there, and I would gather that Diangana and Grant will play either side of a striker. For me, that would be Robinson. I suppose we'll see how we go at Blues, but yeah, it's a toss up at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I personally go for uh, the same uh, in terms of in terms of the whole line. But I think Robinson up front, I think, gives you the best. I think in terms of pressing, I think he'd probably be the best option to go to go up front. I think obviously we saw at times last season when we were opting for the high press. I think um, Chelsea. Would probably be the, the the most immediate one that comes to mind under Big Sam, where we really pressed their back line, and he was quite a big part of it, especially in that second half. And obviously got those those two goals, obviously in his Chelsea Chelsea vein of form that he tends to have. But I think Robinson up front would give a, a nice nice bit of pressing, and then I think Livermore I think uh, is is due a bit more credit than than perhaps he gets in terms of being a bit of a workhorse in the midfield, and I think he could be that under Ismail, especially. 
building fitness up over over preseason. He could be he could be that guy. And in terms of centre back, I think Clark is is, is your man as, as your left sided centre back. As much as I like O'Shea and and I'd like to see a bit more of Kit Prey at some point. I think Clark is is your natural cent- left sided centre back as you've talked about. So I'd I'd have to agree with that. But um, in terms of championship, uh, the championship season as a whole, so you've got 46 games to to slog ourselves through this season. Um, which fixtures would you say that you're, you're most looking forward to, to? Obviously, you'll be covering them, but to, which ones are you most looking forward to to, to watching? Uh, well, it'll be a good it'll be a good pre- uh, preparation this this coming Saturday at Blues because uh, Blues are somebody that you know, my, a lot of my family are Blues, so we are very <laughs> much kind of Blues Albion in our house and. Uh, that's um, that's always a good one. It is, I suppose, our claim to a derby of sorts. Really, I know it's a very, very friendly derby in comparison to the others, but that is the one that we kind of would have to uh, tick off when, as when it comes around. So yeah, I think Lily Bowyer and um, and Blues are, are, are due a, a pretty decent season. So I think I think Albion Blues would be a decent a decent test for um, for Albion and Ishmael. I'm interested to see how Stoke do this season. I think. They've had a few years in the doldrums in the championship now, and I think Michael O'Neill having a having a full summer up there. I think you know it's opportunity an opportunity there for him to to really lay down a mark with Stoke and and, and see how how far they can go. I think Stoke his, historically we we don't like, but actually in the last three or four years we've we've comfortably comfortably had the better of them. So uh, yeah, going to the bet three six five and Stoke coming to us, I think. Well, uh, ought to be a, a good couple of games, and then, really, I mean, I know, I know he's just left. Uh, I know Scott Parker's just left, but I, I still really think that Fulham will be up there. Um, I'd back Marco Silva to to oversee a, a decent campaign at Fulham as well. So, off the top of my head, they'd be the three. I think you're looking lower down. I know Barnsley uh, will, of course, hold a, a, lot, a lot of um, poignancy for. For a number of the uh, the new faces at, the, at Albion now, but yeah. I mean, yeah, you go down, you go down the league. It's such a difficult league. I mean, any given season, Barnsley proved that last season. But you know, Luton have, have done really well in the last couple of years since they came back up, and there just really are no no easy games. It's a it's a really really overused cliche, but it's, it's, it does ring true in the Championship. Yeah, and I think I've seen people predicting their tables and and the, the like the the differences. In between that, below the playoffs and and the relegation zone, it, it's a complete scramble in there for, you know, who you could predict in in that. It's just so unpredictable. I know everybody says it about the championship, but it is the, probably the most unpredictable league. It's not the one that you want to bet on, really, in terms of the championship. Um, so in terms of teams that obviously you've talked about the games that you're looking forward to, but what teams are you going to look out for as in a threat? Obviously, there's been talk of a top four breaking away as such obviously that's not something you could predict but obviously with Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Fulham and ourselves but which teams do you think are going to provide a bit of a threat this season when we play them obviously everybody's going to provide us a threat but in terms of for the promotion that we might be aiming for yeah I think as I said I think Fulham and um, and Bournemouth I think, I think Jukanovic is a really good appointment at Sheffield United as well but there is a cluster of teams. I'm not. I'm not as sold on Swansea now. Uh, there's a lot of disruption going on at Swansea this this yeah. summer, so I don't know where that leaves them at the moment. I don't know how they can recover from this this upheaval so close to the start of the new season. It could set them back. Uh, and you've got that cluster of teams underneath who are always there or thereabouts. Teams like Reading and Cardiff and Blackburn and Middlesbrough. And again, on any given day, they're 
happily they'll, they'll come and take points off Albion they've done it before so I think yeah I'd say Stoke I mean I'm, I'm really really fearful for Derby I think they were delaying the inevitable last season but mm. um, I think I'd, yeah, I'd be inclined to agree I don't think you break away at all I, I don't think that you can you can call that really because if you'd have picked the top six last season nobody would have picked Barnsley for example so <laughs> you'll have that you'll have that those those kind of dark horses throughout the course of the season I'm sure I think for me still Bournemouth with with Scott Parker I think it's quite telling that he left Fulham to go to Bournemouth yeah I think that's quite a coup for them so and, and we'll see what they're made of in that first game but I think yeah for me Bournemouth and Fulham do really big threats yeah absolutely I think into yeah the, the the, the other three, the, the two that came down and Bournemouth, I think are probably, for me, the biggest threats. One that I thought about, a bit of a dark horse who I was looking at, it could be QPR or, or potentially Birmingham City are the ones that I've been thinking about that might strike us as a bit of a dark horse, like the, like you said, the Barnsley that came up into the top six next season. But it literally could be absolutely anybody if they get a bit of form going. Um, and in terms of in terms of players that that uh, could pr- provide us a bit of a threat, who, who who do you have a little bit of a secret admiration for from from a different championship team that that isn't West Brom? Wow, um, I think that he might not be particularly fashionable, but I think somebody we could probably quite do with at the moment is somebody like Kiefer Moore at Cardiff. I think the way he plays, I think he's a he's a really he's more than just a target man he's more than just like a brute of a centre forward he is he's a you know he's a good footballer he's a Welsh Welsh first first choice centre forward so um, you know he's got a hell of a lot I think he's a really really good footballer at Cardiff I think I mean you go through that Fulham team it was rather decimated from their loan their loan exodus at the end of last season but they've still got some very good players I mean I'm sure Anguisa is still there but he was somebody that I thought would much like Pereira, I thought we would have a would have a Premier League move by now. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you, you go through all, all the way through. I mean, looking at Blues, I covered covered Blues for my Blues colleague the other day. Did a preseason friendly, and you know they've got one or two guys. Ryan Woods is a very good sign for them. Yeah. Jeremy Jeremy Bella, he's a very very good winger. So you, know, you go through the, the you go through the whole division. You probably pick a easily pick a starting lineup of players that you'd have in the Albion team so um, yeah it, it kind of I suppose that really reinforces the idea that you can't write any teams off because every everybody's got a little bit of quality even last season teams like Wickham for example yes they went down but what they don't have in quality they make up for with with just collective hard work and, and being more than the sum of their parts yeah, I think yeah, definitely. There's there's so many players in there that even if you're a team at the bottom of the league, you've still got your one star player that would make it in the top of the championship. It's it's such a such a mad league like that. I, I think my player that I, I'm looking forward to seeing how how he gets on is probably because he's the a target that I would have wanted for the album is Johnson Clark Harris of, of Peterborough, who just come up from League One. I know he's obviously he could be potentially on our shortlist, but. I think I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on because Ivan Tony came up for, from Peterborough into the championship and did incredibly well. So potentially Johnson Clark Harris could be could be following in that mould. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on in particular. Um, so Joe, I'm going to ask you now to make a few little predictions for us. 
Uh, I hope these won't be looked up, looked back on in shame by the end of the season. But the first, I've got three predictions that I'm going to ask you to make. I'm sure they will be. <laughs> the first one I'm going to say is, who do you think is going to be the Albion player of the season? Uh, well, because I'm expecting quite big things after a disappointing last season, I think the the whole fresh start and the whole kind of everything about the, the difficulties of last season and, and, and finding a, a, a lower quality of, of footballer in terms of opponent, I think Brady Dean Garner ought to have a big season this season. I think somebody that, for a multitude of reasons, it just didn't really work for me at that that kind of full storm at the beginning of the season at Everton and yeah. Bilic leaving and, and Kravinovic leaving, two two big people for him at the club. Uh, and, and Allardyce maybe just not kind of, maybe having the time for him or, or, or not being that kind of guy who would, you know, put his arm around his shoulder and say, come on, Graves, I need you to, to help me out. I need you to perform. Uh, there, there are a lot of things in mind with Grady. You know, he's a guy that uh, lives, lives, by himself, he's a young man who lives in a city that is not his own, who has had to battle through the winter lockdown by himself. Uh, really difficult, he's had injury problems. So all those things you just think, okay, let's let's cut let's cut loose from the from the, the twenty twenty one season and let's go again and, and let's let's have this fresh start. Valerian Ishmael's been asked about him already and said about you know how he would expect him to have a big season how he, he fits perfectly into the plans that he's got for the club so if Grady and, and by all accounts it sounds like he's had a good pre-season in terms of his performances and friendlies as well so by all accounts I think he'd be somebody that I would expect a big season from especially I know he enjoyed a, a, a brilliant campaign in the championship last time with Pereira so I'd hope that he can almost come out of that that, that shadow and, and be the main man for Albion yeah, I think I think uh, another player that Ismail said in the same same breath as Dean Garner, who he thinks didn't have the best season, is my player of the season. Uh, is is going to be Carlan Grant? I think I think he's obviously got a lot of stick last season. He had these massive expectations with a bit of a price tag, obviously paid in instalments, but this price tag from Huddersfield thought he was going to come in and do the business on a goal scoring front, and and didn't quite quite do that for us last season. So I think cutting in off off the left hand side, I think he might be a bit of an asset for us. And even if we don't sign a striker, or even if we do sign a striker, I still think he's going to be in and amongst the goals this season. So I've gone for Carlan Grant. You've gone for Dean Garner. I think they're both very worthy choices, probably in our strongest area of the pitch in the wide area. Um, I'm now going to ask you, Joe, uh, which youngster do you think is going to have a bit of a breakout season uh, and come into the first team and, and do a decent job? Well, I, Kevin Castro's got a really good shout, a really good chance. But somebody that I was really taken by uh, in the under twenty threes games that I covered last season, and it seems that Sam Allardyce and Ishmael has quite liked, uh, judging by squad selections and and, and pre season, is Taylor Gardner Hickman. Somebody who I think has he's done what he's needed to do in the twenty threes. I think now is a kind of opportunity for him to. To say, well, look, you know, you're on the, you're, you're talking about getting cover for wing backs. I can be that guy. I can be the player who, if Connor Townsend's in you for three or four games, I can come into the to the team and play on that side. He's somebody that can play as a regular fullback, as somebody who can play as a as an out and out winger. Yeah. He can play on either side of the pitch. I think there's there's a lot to like about Gardner Hickman. So 
he'd be somebody I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of. I hope he gets the opportunity to. And everything that Ishmael said so far has suggested that he's open to giving academy players a chance. We saw what happened with Nathan Ferguson a couple of years ago, burst onto the scene and nobody really uh, had had any plans for Ferguson to be in the starting eleven at that point. But look what he did in the space of six months. He, he got a Premier League move. So Taylor Gardner-Hickman for me, I think there's not an obvious place in the squad right now in the starting eleven right now that he could just go in and fill. But I think if called upon, I think he's somebody who would uh, would be ready to, to grasp his chance with both hands. Yeah, I think that's the same for most positions, I think, in the squad. I don't think there's a immediate place for a youngster to come in. But obviously, as injuries come, as the season wears on and people start to tire, there is room. And obviously, that wing-back position is somewhere that we're, low, we're, low, we're quite low on cover. And I think that it could be an opportunity to use those those youth players and bring them in. Um, I think my player would probably be Rayan Tullock because I was quite surprised I looked at a chart the other day of how many minutes the team has played, like the, the different players have played in pre-season. I was quite surprised to see him, you know, in the in the mid-tier of that with 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 some decent minutes under his belt. I, I wasn't, I didn't actually realise that he'd got many minutes at all. So I'm thinking, uh, I'm hoping that he can bounce back. I think he had a pretty bad injury at Doncaster that ruled him out uh, of most of his loan spell, which obviously is a, is, is a shame for him and he didn't really get the chance to shine. But I think maybe this season providing a bit of cover on the wings. I think he could be could be one to watch. So yeah, I've gone for Tulloch and you've gone for you've gone for Gardner Hickman. Gardner Hickman. Yep. Decent. So we'll go on to the the big prediction, which is uh Joe, where do you think Albion are gonna finish this season? Um God. It's a stab in the dark, isn't it? There's one or two guys that I follow on Twitter who have been doing League One and League Two predictions. This, mm. this this um, this week and it's fair to say they've been quite um, contested so <laughs> it would be very very difficult but I'm, I'm only being asked to pick one team never mind 24 so uh, I think I mean I couldn't really say for sure but I think Albion will be top six I don't think that that's really um, you know I know it's a different league different, different season different manager but it's somewhere where we've always found ourselves. Certainly, in my lifetime, um, yeah. in the last in the last twenty years, it's always somewhere where we've kind of really since just uh, after Gary Mason took over, we, we've been we've always been there, there or thereabouts. So, I'd say top six. I think I'd probably take a playoff place now, just to just to be sure that we were in the top six. Uh, if it meant you know having to kind of gamble gamble and, and take on the risk. Of, of, um, of more playoff heartache, which we've had our fair share of in the, the last 10, 15 years, then so be it. But mm. as, 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 as we both talked about enough tonight, there are some good teams in that league, and I know it will be difficult week to week, and the championship season is a grueling one, but the cream tends to rise to the top. And you've seen that the last couple of seasons when Premier League teams have come down, they've gone straight back up again. So, yeah, I do think we'll be up there. Um, I'm not sure you're going to get me to commit on an exact position, but I'll, I will say top six. Okay, that's that's fair. I think that we will we will just miss out on an automatic place. I think we'll go for. I'm going to go for third or fourth or something like that. I think we'll just we'll just miss out the playoffs. Of course, it would be foolish of either of us to even begin to predict to predict that that prediction. But we've got those in in the bag. Hopefully, we won't come back to them in a season time and think. 
goodness me, what were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if we've ended up finishing mid-table or something, but hopefully we'll... we'll... Or, 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 if we've, or if we've won the league by 10 points and we're wondering why we ever doubted Valir and Ishmael in the first place. Then. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, 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 we'll be pretty upset with ourselves if we do, without having much confidence in the, in the manager to get us up automatically. But Joe, uh, a massive thank you for coming on to the show today. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you to talk uh, about the season ahead and hopefully it's going to be a good one for Albion. Uh, my pleasure, mate, as always. Enjoy it. Yeah, uh, and that brings me to the end of this episode of the Baggies podcast. A massive thank you to Joe for joining me. And if you're new around here, be sure to give us a subscribe and be sure to listen in next week after the Bournemouth game where we'll be giving a bit of a match reaction to that as well. But until then, guys, stay safe and have a great week, Baggies fans. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>